0: Hello and welcome to the latest in the Balderton podcast series. I'm Ben Goldsmith and today I'm joined by Balderton uh, Balderton Sam Myers who's one of our investment team and the subject of the day is Nordic technology or Scandinavian technology. We choose this subject because it's been a quite, quite a Nordic few weeks, if you can say such a thing. We recently uh, welcomed a new partner to Balderson, uh, Lars Fjeldso Nielsen, who's a Danish national. A couple of weeks before that, Instabridge joined our portfolio. So I thought it'd be an opportune moment to chat to Sam about exactly why Balderson keep going back to the Nordics and what makes the Nordics so great. Hello, Sam. Hi, Ben. Hi. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So I suppose to kick off, let's have a little look back at the Nordics at Scandinavia, why it's been such a a fruitful and profitable place to look at in terms of technology over the last 5,
1: 10, 15 years. Sure, sure. And so I think uh, the Nordics have always been a very interesting place for technology in general. Um, And it really goes quite a lot further back than that. So I say we because I'm a a Swedish national myself, but we have of course been involved in quite a few milestones that... uh, that have bred the technology scene in Europe and globally as well, um, even before, I guess, the startup um, explosion that has been happening in the past 10 years, especially in uh, in Sweden, but also all around the Nordics. Um, and so, you know, the... The Nordics have really contributed to other factors as well that are part of the infrastructure that have laid the ground for what's happening today. So things like C++ and Ruby on Rails, both created by, by Danes. Um, we've been quite involved in the networking space, so companies like Ericsson and Nokia, which have paved the way for um, communication in general, but more specifically wireless technologies. We also have Linux, which was founded by a Finn. Uh, and so on. So there really have been quite a lot of foundations that have been laid by Nordic uh, people in general. And all of those technologies you
0: listed, whether they're uh, you know, in the mobile networking side or other areas of technology, they're all frameworks of some kind or infrastructure infrastructure networks. Is there anything particularly Nordic or Scandinavian about building something that undergirds the rest of an industry, or is that a bit of a coincidence?
1: Uh, I guess it's, it's not necessarily a coincidence. I don't know if I'd read into it too far, but you I already know, have it's it's too late. Already have obviously, <laughs> um, but maybe we can read into it in, in terms of our socialist roots that we have. So building things for the community, keeping things open source, things like open frameworks that anyone can use. Linux, of course, is the open source uh, operating system. Um, so things that contribute to the community in general and that we can build upon.
0: That's rather terrific. Um- you know apart from socio political is there anything geographical about scandinavia about the nordics that really contribute uh, to its success as an area of technological prowess such as you know for for someone with such a small population size it is almost surprising that it's contributed so much is there anything about that that
1: is a direct contributor to to the success sure sure i think the uh, the statistic that people like to uh, to throw around is that while the nordics has around 2% of global gdp um, it actually produces 9% of uh, global billion-dollar exits, um, wow. at least when it comes to the uh, to the technology scene in the past few years. Um, and so it really is contributing to a disproportionate amount of large technology companies um, for the small population and the small proportion of GDP that it has. Um, and you, people have attributed quite a few reasons to this. So... One interesting one that I'm not sure how true it is, but it definitely rings a few bells to my own uh, uh, childhood and upbringing is that we have, uh, you know, nine months of quite gray, quite dark and quite (laughs) cold uh, weather. And so playing out in the sun is not necessarily something we do. Instead, we have lands. We sit at home and we game and we code and develop products. Uh, And so the distractions are far fewer than you might get in Southern Europe. So that that might be one reason. (laughs) Such as in sunny England. Exactly. Sunny England. (laughs) Um, apart from that, there, there, there are some other reasons why, of course, it has been quite successful. And I think one of it is that we have a, a long heritage of training and building and educating um, technological or well, tech talent in general. Um, it's had quite a good blend of tech talent and, of course, design talent. So we have a lot of designers and brands that are quite famous from the Nordics.
0: And, and why, why does it have such far-reaching prowess in training tech talent? Is that back to the Nokia and Ericsson's
1: or is that even before that? So, it does come from more traditional industries. Um, we have a few universities that are known on a global scale. So, the Royal Institute of Technology, which of course has attracted uh, students from, uh, from international places as well um, as training our local talent. I think on in more recent times, we have had companies like Nokia and like Ericsson, which have provided a bit of a training ground for tech talent as well. Um, we have quite a long heritage of designing for a smaller screen, which uh, which of course comes in handy when uh, the mobile revolution happened um, with the smartphone and you needed to basically design quite intricate and elaborate products, but on a very small real estate.
0: So uh, the area's heritage, due to the likes of Nokia and Ericsson being in the, being in the general vicinity, primed. Uh, that area of the world for designing for a small screen when everyone else was still looking at
1: still looking at desktop,
0: still looking at laptop.
1: Yeah, to some degree yes, to some degree yes. And then we also have had a lot of influence from um, design and advertising agencies which if you go to a place like Stockholm,' are actually at world class level. Um, and so you've had this good blend of aesthetics and uh, and uh, technology that go side by side.
0: And you think that's a genuinely, you know, a large contributory factor to the recent successes in maybe like UX, UI-led industries, and, and particularly gaming, that, well, I, I, you know, I'm probably stereotyping a bit too much, but when one thinks of Sweden, you think of good design, when you think of ABBA, and you think of good design, mm, everyone, knows, right. everyone knows the Swedish kitchen when you're sitting in one, that kind of thing, so that's a that kind of interweaving of uh, two different cultural and aesthetic trends have come together in the tech industry, do you think?
1: It does help, it does help. And I think, uh, I guess you can see it in in two ways. So myself and one of our partners, uh, Daniel Waterhouse, spent a few days in Stockholm in July, uh, which was actually a bit of a mistake because nobody does any work in Stockholm in July. It's, uh, (laughs) It's a holy month. But anyways, we did fly over there and we saw quite a few companies that were still working. Um, And we came away thinking, okay, what is distinct about the companies that we've seen today and that we see coming out of Stockholm in general and and I guess the rest of Sweden and then to some degree around the Nordics. Um, And we couldn't quite pinpoint a specific sector, a specific talent that you could see or a specific type of founder. What we could pinpoint, though, is that they're very good at product. Uh, And so building product more generally something that, that appeals to both consumers and within enterprise um, and that, I think, comes from this this merging of tech talent and design talent. And do
0: you think that there's something to be said about the uh, smaller population size of the area? You know, you spoke about it before, the disproportionate number of billion-dollar companies that come from the area. Do the fact that the home market is so much smaller drive entrepreneurs to think globally
1: from day one? Is that a contributing factor to the whole thing? Yeah, I think that's the usual slightly cliched uh, attribution of of why the Nordics are so successful is that you need to go global from day one. I'd actually like to put another spin to that. Uh, so not only do they need to go outside of the Nordics very soon, um, it actually gives them, in my opinion, a bit of an advantage in another way. And so I think what happens when you come from a region like the Nordics where you're a little bit of an underdog, you can, you can fly under the radar a little bit longer than some other companies that come out of larger markets, means that for one, if you have a large U.S. competitor, they're going to be less interested in, in entering your own home market and challenging you there. Um, And secondly, if you do uh, decide to go into a large market like the US, you are going to be seen a little bit more, um, or sorry, a little bit less of a threat. And so you'll be given a little bit more time to develop and grow into more of a consolidated business uh, than a more high risk, shaky startup. And so you do get an advantage in terms of building your product, building your company around it for a longer time before you get noticed. Because nobody's almost uh,
0: attacking your territory in your home ground, in your own backyard, because no one sees the Nordics as a, a market they really want to address apart from other Nordic companies, I suppose. And then when you're ready to go to the US or go to Asia or wherever it might be, you're saying that because you're a Nordic company, you uh, yeah, can fly under the radar a little bit more and uh, not be seen as a
1: big threat. Exactly. There are many exceptions to this rule, but I think uh, essentially that's, uh, that's uh, uh, an advantage that shouldn't be ignored. Um, and of course to some degree now that we've had a lot of his successes and a lot more attention is given towards the Nordics and rightfully so this might change in the future and these successes because you know as you say yeah, there have been a, f- a
0: few well Spotify is the big one that comes to mind how are these successes almost giving back to the to the tech industry in the Nordics at, at present? Is there a, a healthy cycle of the knowledge being reshared?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So apart from the capital that's now sloshing around, when some of them have of course gotten a, a little bit of their return from secondary sales um, in some of the larger companies. And I'd say the the successes from the region have of course been more the likes of Spotify, Klarna, that are still um, on their way to exit, but of course have become quite large companies, at least by valuation. And then the companies that have already exited, so Skype, you have Just Eat, uh, and to some degree Zendesk out of Denmark. Um, and then, of course, MySQL, which is either Finnish or Swedish or US-based, depending on <laughs> who you speak to. Um, so that kind of capital, of course, gets reinvested into the, into the community. Um, but more so, I think you see uh, a disproportionate amount of contribution coming out of some specific companies. So companies that don't necessarily um, seem like huge successes, but have actually bred second or third generation of entrepreneurs are uh, coming out of them. And so things like the Astonishing Tribe out of uh, Malmö, Sweden, my hometown, um, the, the, the capital that came from the research and motion acquisition there has been extremely helpful in building the ecosystem in southern Sweden and now in uh, Stockholm as well um, through the individuals there. Things like Trade Doubler, uh, which which led to uh, a large part of the team going and joining Stardall, which then led to a proportion of the team leaving Stardall and starting Spotify. And so you see these second, third generation um, shifts from one company to the next and starting new large businesses. And these fascinating backstories,
0: uh, you only know them if
1: you know them kind of thing. So i would not heard that about Spotify before. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't quite notice that there is this sort of PayPal mafia essence even <laughs> growing in the Nordics, and that's a sign of a healthy ecosystem, right? You, you you found one company, you do reasonably well or very well, and then you go out and you reinvest and you help and you build a network and a more of a support community around it.
0: So let's let's get down to to brass tacks. We've decided, I think, over the last uh, moments of this podcast, that we like the Nordics very much and they're very good. But why, uh, as Balderson, as technology investors do we keep going back? Is there something particularly investable uh,
1: about Nordic tech companies at the moment? What is, it, what is it we look for? I mean, essentially we look for in each individual company the same thing we look for everywhere, right? It's exceptional entrepreneurs with big visions, building great companies, um, and that's that's what we'll look for regardless of where we are. The reason why we tend to invest a lot of our time in the Nordics is because we feel that success breeds success in this industry. Um, And as I said, the more success you have in technology companies in one region, the more it contributes to training and next generation, the more it contributes to building an ecosystem that that you can thrive in. Um, And so at least a higher probability of finding something exceptional there. Um, So that's one of the reasons is because if we invest the time and resources there, it will lead to interesting investments that we make, and hopefully that will lead to large exits in the future. It does make a it does make a lot of logical sense.
0: So you've described very well, uh, you know how Nordic technology uh, has shaped itself over the last few years, moving from infrastructure and frameworks into mobile networks, mobile design, through to through to the present day. What do you think the next uh, big industry that the Nordics, that Scandinavia, can make a big a big play in? What do you think that is? Is there anything that's uh, raising its head above the parapet above all others
1: at the moment? Absolutely. So if you If you look at some parts of the Nordics, like Finland, for example, of course, we've seen the huge wave of of gaming that has come out of there. Mm. That will certainly continue to happen. Um, But what we also see is a large cluster around health. Uh, And so that's an area that we're looking at with, with huge interest, of course, here at Balderton as well. So how does this change digital health in general? Um, A second thing that I'm keeping my eye quite closely on is how it affects the Internet of Things. So the fact that we have been at the forefront of wireless uh, technologies in the past, how does that now translate into a world where you have um, sensors and products that are communicating with each other um, throughout the day and, and in a widespread network? Um, so how do we, we capitalise on the fact that we have been uh, forerunners at this in the past and we have the talent in the region?
0: Sam, thank you very much. I think before we depart, there's one more thing that I should add, which is that Sam, over the course of this uh, last weekend, rode from Paris to London with the Tech Bikers, raising money for a very good cause for Room to Read. Uh, Sam, how are you feeling? How are your legs in particular and all the rest
1: of you? Legs are sore. Um, generally, my body is quite sore. Uh, I've had a few nights of incredibly good sleep <laughs> since I've come back. Um, and as I was explaining to you earlier, I've, I think I've eaten more over those three days of cycling than I have in the past sort of two weeks uh, combined. <laughs> is, that, is, is that tactical eating? I, I wish it was tactical eating, but the truth <laughs> is that um, we were in France, the food was good, and everybody was quite hungry. <laughs> that's tactical in a way Mm -hmm. after
0: fashion I suppose worth doing?
1: absolutely absolutely. do it again next year? I'm not sure if I'll do it again next year but (laughs) I will continue to try and find causes to contribute to Room to Read because I think it is a great charity um, helping literacy across the world excellent you can
0: still donate to Sam and all the other guys and girls that rode across Uh, brilliant stuff very well done everybody and thank you very much Sam thank you Ben